everyone, and welcome back to the Metaphysical Apothecary Podcast. This is Shannon with another solo episode in our Meet the Witch series. We will be exploring the mysterious, the magical, and the arcane together. Today we'll be talking about another topic that is very prevalent and important in my practice, my spiritual path, and my magical craft. And that is an astrological topic. I've talked about astrology before. Part of the reason why I really, really enjoy astrology is because there's a infinite amount of topics deep dive into to understand and reflect on and try to figure out how it correlates and corresponds with things that are happening in my life. This is not to say that I believe that the chart is dictating who I am or how I act. This is just interesting. So you have all these different points, planets, houses, angles that can be delved into in order to understand yourself a little bit better. The celestial energies and deep dive that I will be talking about today in astrology are actually two mathematical points in the sky and not physical bodies, and those points are the lunar nodes. Because these are two mathematical points, I call them celestial points, but sometimes they're called shadow points because they don't have a physical body. They are pure calculations based off of our observations and understandings of the movements of our solar system. The nodes themselves will naturally and instinctively move retrograde. We have been in the Taurus North Node and Scorpio South Node for a year and a half. And come July 17th, 2023, which is this Monday, we will be moving from those two nodes into North Node Aries and South Node Libra. After Aries will be Pisces in a year and a half. The lunar nodes are two points in the sky, but they're actually in access. So they will always be opposite to each other. The north node will always be opposite to the south node. Which, so if you look at your chart and you can only find a symbol for your north node, or there's only a north node placement information, just know your south node is in the opposite sign directly from your north node. You have Aries Libra, Taurus Scorpio, Gemini Sagittarius, Cancer, Capricorn, Leo, Aquarius, and Virgo, Pisces. Those are the axial points. Those are the pairs that are opposite from each other um, that will host the nodes. The eclipse season happens when the sun and moon are in perfect alignment from the perspective of the Earth. It happens twice a year along the lunar nodes, and the eclipse season will actually be during uh, Aries season and Libra season. We saw a little bit of that this year as we were transitioning out of the Taurus and Scorpio season. So there is a little bit of an overlap during the new moon around the 20th of April. That was still Aries season. And that new moon was a solar eclipse. The lunar eclipse that happened on May 5th was in Taurus. We'll see another eclipse during the Libra Scorpio season. So the solar eclipse in Libra will happen October 14th, 2023, and the lunar eclipse in Scorpio will happen on October 28th or 29th, depending on where you are around the world. The nodes have been known in astrology for a very long period of time, and there's different mythologies that have to do with the nodes. They are similar to each other with a few differences. Vade, a demon that played a trick on the gods and the other demons to become the first or one of the first to drink the elixir of immortality that the demons and the gods actually work together to create. He gets beheaded and because he's already drunk the elixir of life, he does not die. His head is alive and his body is alive, even though they are separate. 
Rahu is his head and Ketu is his body. The head is insatiable. It's hungry for life and it's, it's constantly consuming. And Ketu is a very full body who is eliminating as much as possible because whatever the head takes in, the body has. But the, the head being separate from the body, it doesn't realize that the body is sustained. There's a disconnect and an inability to communicate between Rahu and Ketu. The Hellenistic and medieval Western astrologers saw the lunar nodes as a dragon, and the north node was the head of the dragon, the south node was the body or tail of the dragon. Similar situation happening where the head of the dragon is an endless pit of sensory input. It's a increasing and adding celestial point. It's a very cerebral and mental as well as sensory driven point. So if it looks pretty, or if it sounds pretty, or it's stimulating mentally, the dragon head will consume it, take it in, and add it to its hoard, whereas the south node and setting known is the dragon's tail. This is actually very emotional and tactile, and it's about emptying what it already has to make room for new things. So you have that same function happening with the Vedic and the Hellenistic and medieval astrology. The north node is adding to your experience in this life and the south node is looking to eliminate things that are no longer serving or are unnecessary to this experience. There's also a mythology where the north and south node is actually the snake that's biting its own tail, the Oberonus, with the north node being the head or the mouth and south node being the body or the tail. And because this happens in cycles, more or less every nine years, the north node will be where the south node was, and the south node will be where the north node was. So it can be seen as a serpent biting its own tail. So the present serpent biting the past tail, and the past head biting the current tail. Or if you see the spiral, the current head will be biting the tail of the future north node. That's part of the reason why it's associated with Oberonus is that this cycle happened very regularly. It's continuous north-south nodes in Aries Libra is usually lessons and themes of self and other. Some of those would be independence and collaboration, being assertive and being diplomatic, being selfish or codependent, being aggressive or indecisive. We just finished Taurus and Scorpio, and this is about values. It would be value and intimacy, food and resources, hedonism and debts, leisure or luxury, and death and taxes. So it's not to say that these are the themes that you will experience, but these are just examples of uh, lessons and themes that could come up. Most of the time, lunar nodes are portrayed as points of destiny, fate, and karma in the chart. While I do believe in karma, to be a little morbid, my belief and understanding of destiny is that everyone is destined to die. It's how you get there that is the journey, that is your free will, and that is your ability to get the most out of your experience before meeting that destiny, that destined end, and you decide or not decide to reincarnate. This is just how I view life and the death process. So using these points as a destiny point is very counterintuitive to me. I don't use these as destiny and fate points, but other astrologers do, and it works for them. You can also see these as the places that are going to change and are needed to change for the most authentic and satisfactory experience in this life as possible. This is the increasing and releasing sections of your chart and of the transiting as well. So look to increase more Aryan qualities and traits and releasing more Librian qualities and traits. 
Personally, I use the lunar nodes in my chart, especially as uh, points of acquiring and pre-owned. <laughs> what do I already own and have mastered or understand? And what am I acquiring the knowledge of, the acquiring information of? In my head, I see it as like this epic modern fantasy toolkit where I have a claw from the arcade game or Toy Story, the claw, that will dip into the North Node sign and pick out traits. And sometimes I'll pull out a really great prize and sometimes I'll pull out a, uh, oh, well, it's a prize. It's something. And other times the claw can't grip the prize at all and you get nothing more or less based off of skill, luck, and <laughs> the placement of your prizes. And it's really indicative of life in general. You get out of life what you put into it. So if you're putting in more effort to acquire things that are from that particular basket, if you will, you're more likely to be able to say that you've mastered it and have that experience. I see the South Node as a bag of holding. So these are the things that I have already acquired and are in my bag. And I can reach in and pull anything out that I need to pull out. I don't have to put a lot of effort into going and acquiring it to use in that moment. I own the bag. It's on my body most of the time. And I just need to put my hand in, rummage around a little bit, and pull out the right tool for that particular situation. You can also see it as like drives and size. North Node is what you strive towards, what you drive towards, new experiences, new things, new aesthetically pleasing or sensory pleasing items or situations or adventures even. Whereas the South Node is where your comfort zone is. This is where you have already very good understanding of the lay of the land and how things work. When you are feeling uncomfortable, going back into your comfort zone in order to fortify yourself, your confidence before moving forward into that adventurous, uncomfortable North Node area is not always a bad thing, but it can be very stagnating if you become too content living in that comfort zone. If you're always living in your South Node of comfort zone, if you're always settling for contentment instead of striving towards satisfaction by knowing you've walked or experienced a new adventure, uh, a new path, you've learned something new and you've acquired something new. So what does this mean? For me, for the collective, for you personally, why are the nodes so important? Why talk about it? What's the big deal? Why do you dedicate an entire episode to the nodes? Well, the lunar nodes are... A shift in energy. When they transit into a new sign, there's a shift in energy, a shift in focus, and a shift in narrative, both a collective narrative and a personal narrative. As a collective society and culture and on personal levels as well. As the North Node is regressing into Aries and South Node into Libra, we can look towards what's going to drive the collective trends, if you will, patterns of action or patterns of desire, patterns of humanity might be more Aries-driven and Aries-themed than it was a couple of months ago. During the Taurus North Node, there to be a bullseye focus on value, what we value, how we value. And there's still going to be, it doesn't go away. It's just the focus was there. So the focus was on our food and our leisure time, our currencies, our time and our energy being part of that currency, what value is XYZ to me and to us as a collective with Scorpio North Node? What do we need to expunge from our collective 
hoard? What do we need to get rid of in order to make sure this value has the proper standing or the proper support in order to be seen as a value that is shared? With the nodal shift in two Aries and Libra, the North Node focus will end up being more on the self and authentic expression of individual truth. So as a collective, there might be more push for individuality and speaking your truth. And we'll be looking to release more Libra themes, baggage, what relationships, partnerships, and (laughs) contracts or laws or even judges or judgments that are no longer serving us. But also falling back into Libra when things get a little bit too uncomfy, (laughs) taking a step back and being like, okay, I'm just going to take five minutes on the couch. So the personal narrative, what will probably end up becoming up for quite a few of us is questions about understanding assertiveness and how assertiveness is not aggression, it's not hostility. Assertiveness is literally standing your ground, defending yourself and speaking your truth. And those are all Aryan aspects with the North Node. Speaking your truth, standing your ground, defending yourself, holding to your own unique expression, individual unique self. Being self-sufficient is another aspect of it. South Node Libra being our comfort zone where we find contentment and fall too often into staying into instead of accepting the North Node challenge and discomfort that will eventually bring satisfaction. I see the challenge. I understand that this challenge is mine to accept and I will accept it. I have decided I will accept this. I'm just going to take five minutes on the couch with a cup of coffee before I do this because I know this is going to be a challenge. Falling back into diplomatic and collaborative interactions with others so that way when you get to the challenge, you can be more assertive, you can be more expressive of your truth and your opinion, hopefully without walking all over everyone else, but also not allowing others to walk all over you. And I am definitely no stranger to falling into Libra South Node comfort zone. My natal lunar nodes are North Node Aries and South Node Libra, so this is a noble return for me. What is collaborative versus codependent. What exactly about these relationships are actually healthy and what are not healthy? And how do you correct course? Other things that Libra might start poking at is people pleasing and not just on one-on-one relationships, but in a group setting, feeling the need to make everyone happy and to make everything aesthetically pleasing can lead to trying to find harmony in group settings and in environments. So not being able to decide for yourself what you actually want, need, or no longer need and thus can get rid of, or whether that indecisive stems from not knowing or having a tendency to try to find harmony in certain situations and thus taking into consideration everyone else's emotional baggage or needs and physical needs, mental needs, emotional needs, spiritual needs before your own. You cannot pour water from an empty cup. I know I do this. I know I have a codependent relationship that is incredibly toxic with my day job. I like the people in it. I do not have toxic relationships with my coworkers or my managers, but with the entity in and of itself, I have a codependent toxic relationship that I am trying to purge. If not transform, purge. And transforming has not worked thus far. So purging shall begin or has begun. Those are things that might come up with the Libra and South Node on a personal level, especially if you're coming into a nodal return. 
if you are not, and this is in some way, shape, or form aspecting harmonious aspect of a trine or a sextile, your node, your south node or north node will end up supporting or being supported by eliminating or calling into question and uh, transforming, changing and dumping, releasing anything that might cause indecisiveness, might cause unfairness, might cause that toxic codependency that can happen when you're not paying attention to the relationship or partnership you have with an entity. If you have a square or hard act, Libra, that usually means that your nodes are in Cancer and Capricorn. And Cancer and Capricorn is looking to understand nurturing. And so there's a little bit more friction when it comes to this particular aspect. How do you nurture others without Libra becoming toxic? Very natural to nurture yourself and others without it becoming toxic. But Again, if you're not paying attention, that toxicity can come in and then you have to try to reevaluate what was toxic in the first place. How do I find equality in the workplace? How do I deal with toxic relationships and partnerships and communications in the workplace? So reverse nodal return, which is the opposite of your natal nodes, Libra in North Node, South Node in Aries. Well, on a personal level, you might be striving for Librian traits of being fair, but you still have and letting go of maybe selfishness, a extreme expression of individuality, an inability to rely on others or ask for help, or aggression and anger, hostility, confrontation, maybe your debates become heated, <laughs> whatever it is, North Node in Aries, conjunct your South Node in Aries, will be pushing for understanding that yes, there are negative Aries traits that need to be purged or released. It's still signifying how important the self is, not to lose your assertiveness or not to lose your individuality, not to lose your self-sufficiency while you are striving for your Librian drive, using the claw to reach in for Librian traits to get through and improve situations, scenarios, and relationships and partnerships and, and all of that. This is just all predictions. It can go anyway. It's a year and a half. A lot happens inside of a day. Never mind a year and a half. <laughs> so just understand the general concepts and themes of Aries and Libra. So what magics resonate and are supported by the lunar node shifts? The current one with the shift into Aries and Libra, one of the first magical workings that I can think of that would be supported by both the north node in Aries and the south node in Libra would be cord cutting. Aries, ruled by Mars, is really good with sharp implements and, and sharp workings, as well as fire. The different types of cord cutting ceremonies and spells and rituals do involve scissors, athames, sometimes candles and fire to cut away the cord, to burn away the cords. Aries also has that blunt do it and get it done energy. So if there is something that is no longer serving and needs to be gotten rid of, very good energy to just cut it and separate and move on. Burn that bridge, don't look back. <laughs> and then on the Libra side, Libra's really good at taking that initiative, the leftover energies, and rearranging and harmonizing them. 
if the cord has been cut or the bridge has been severed, a Libra will be really good at going, okay, well, there's no longer a bridge there, so we can put up trees or we can plant a garden. Taking that void and making it harmonious with the rest of what's actually serving you. For instance, if you are severing ties with a codependent toxic family member, there's a void that will exist after the cord is cut. And Libra will take that void and fill it. Nature does not like vacuums. Libra would be really good at finding the most aesthetic or pleasing energy to occupy that freed up space that now has the room to serve you. Another magical working that resonates really well with both Aries and Libra is actually sound and sound in magic. So Aries would be really great at projection. It is a projective sign. It has a projective energy with Mars as the ruler. Think war cries and getting your orders out, your opinions, vocalization that projects your voice past the people in front of you, past the line in front of you. Another part of voice magic and sound magic is volume. So you can raise your voice to be heard as you're projecting. It will help your voice carry further and thus uh, help set those boundaries through auditory means. But lowering your volume is really good. By lowering that volume, you're able to force people to pay more attention to what you're saying because they're now working to understand and hear what you're saying. Now, this is not to say to whisper, mumble by not raising your voice and not giving a free pass at hearing you. You are psychologically allowing them to work to hear your voice and they'll retain what you're saying. They'll pay attention to what you're saying a little bit more. And on top of that, there's been some studies that show by wearing lip gear, whether it's lipstick or lip rings on your lips while you're speaking, will also draw a person's attention to your mouth. They'll watch your mouth moving. And because there's more than one sense engaged, they're also likely to retain what you're saying, to actually hear and listen to what you're saying. Red on your lips, whether it's red lipstick or red lip gear, a lip ring that has a red gem in it or something will also be very attention drawing to when you're speaking. It does psychologically allow more retention to what you're saying by other people around you. On the flip side with Libra, you have sound and Libra resonates with harmony and harmonizing. It resonates with music. So when you're projecting, instead of just speaking it, you could be chanting it, you could be singing it. To work your throat chakra, start speaking your truth and also start projecting your opinions, start projecting your boundaries. The words that are spoken during these projections or vocal magics and sound magic is also very important to Libra energy. Libra is associated with contracts and conversations. So the words you're speaking, whether it is out loud or to yourself, become very important for Libra energy and can help manifest what you're saying. Rhyming chants and incantations can easily lead to singing chants, bell work, and musical resonance and spell work empower those workings. The lip gear also comes into play with beauty, magic, and glamour, which are very Librian magical working. Libra being ruled by Venus, being a goddess of love and beauty, the Venus energy will definitely support wearing anything that brings out more confidence in you that is aesthetically pleasing what you perceive to be beautiful. So if you think painted lips are beautiful, slap on that red lipstick and 
Another magic to consider when engaging with Aries North Node and Libra South Node is Mirror Magic. Mirror Magic is a very Venusian and Librian energetic type of magic. It has a lot of association with beauty, reflections, and symmetry and balance to look at yourself in the mirror to make sure you're put together is you're presenting a balanced projection of what you want to represent in the world. Standing in front of the mirror while you're saying words of praise that raises your confidence as well as verbalizing your goals of manifestation Pairing the Venusian mirror magic and I am mantras and statements that is a very Aries magic. Aries is really good at shielding. You can shield and ward yourself against those who would attempt to invade or transgress against your boundaries. And you can do it very diplomatically if you should so choose with Libra. So cord cuttings, sound mirror shielding are just a couple of the magics that could be supported by the North Node and South Node shift to Aries and Libra. In the future, when the node shifts to Pisces, the Virgo, sound magic is still going to be important because Pisces does have a resonance with sound and music, just as Libra does. And Virgo is going to also have high resonance with the words you are saying, since it's a very analytical and can be very criticizing energy. Divination, astral travel, water magics in general, like scrying, glamours. And because Pisces also has an association with endings, death, mediumship, and necromancy, you could actually be working on healing ancestral and family trauma, earthing and grounding, everyday magic, nutritional food magics, kitchen magic in a nutritional way, healing, cleansings, purification. Eventually, we'll get to Aquarius air magic, space magic, astronomy, astrology, cosmology, working with currents of energy, energy magic and energy workings, Leo, fire magic, confidence magic, light magics, willpower, working with the fierce energy of the lion and solar magics. Capricorn is another earth sign and it would have earth magics and earthing and grounding with banishings, working on success, career, abundance, and prosperity magics, darkness, summits, the heights, aspirations, the depths that's also associated with deepest caverns of the earth, shielding, cancer, water magics, the darkness and the depth, parenting yourself magic, parenting your inner child magic, fertility magics kitchen magic in regards to comfort and comfort food, Sagittarius with fire magics, deities, theology and philosophy, duality work, astral travel, prosperity magic and ceremonial magic. Gemini would be air magic, writing in words. The words you speak again would be very important. Glamour, mischievousness, everyday magics and duality, working with your shadow, working with your reflection. As we are leaving Taurus and Scorpio, some of the magics that I engaged with is also cord cuttings. A Scorpio is good with cutting things away and leaving them to rot most of the time. <laughs> so the co-ruler to Scorpio is Mars, and just like Aries, Mars will 
empower Scorpio energy to find the things that do not serve and cut away at it. Sever those ties, sever those connections. And there might be some burning bridges as well, even though Scorpio is a border sign. Not only will you sever those ties, but you'll lay groundwork so that way those ties cannot regrow. Point you'll plant where thorny bushes, where the bridge once connected to your side of the ravine, the banishings, the darkness, the depths, so your shadow self, your subconscious and unconscious nightmares, fertility, shielding as well, Taurus, sound magic, earthing and grounding, attraction and drawing, sugar bowls to attract and draw in, sweetness and prosperity. If you could have abundance bowls, which I definitely did, herbology, um, garden magics, kitchen magics. That's all for today. Thank you so much for listening in. Join us again next time. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. And go to our blog for some more witchy wisdom, as well as check out some of our original art on Society6 for sacred decor and more. Thank you for joining. Go make some magic. Bye.